Welcome to Conversations with Doc Martin. This video series focuses on extraordinary people doing extraordinary things. And today is certainly no exception. We're joined by James Gish, who hails from the small town of Bullhead City, Arizona, not too far from my home in Phoenix, where he discovered his passion for music and live performance. James then put himself through business school at the, universe, at the Arizona State University by performing in productions culminating in over 400 performances. James's sound has taken him all over the United States in a variety of concerts and Broadway national tours alike, finally bringing him to the music capital of the world, Nashville, Tennessee, to produce his own debut album featuring a 53-piece orchestra and full supporting choir. His solo classical crossover album, So In Love, hit the top 10 on the iTunes classical chart for the full week of its release. As the pandemic hit, James was on the Broadway national tour of Beautiful, the Carol King musical, and he's based out of New York City. So, James, welcome to you today. Thanks for joining me. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. This is yeah, great. Yeah, I'm so excited to, to chat with you. Uh, I've seen you in, in multiple productions uh, at the Phoenix Theater. And... Oh, cool. uh, you know, I was reading about your background and, you know, when I came upon your bio specifically, and we'll, and we'll get to this about putting yourself through school uh, with 400 performances. That's, that's amazing. Well, you know, um, it's funny. I, I realized I need to amend that because that yeah. was, um, that was, that number was probably pre, mm -hmm. that, that number probably ended with when I was done in school. So that yeah. was probably over the span of only about four years. So since then, that number has probably jumped to six. Wow. Something I would imagine or, or approaching yeah. six. Yeah. So very cool. Yeah. But no, that's 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 just really amazing because it really goes to, you know, perseverance and passion and and keeping your dreams alive and so forth. And so, I, you know, I'm kind of curious, how, how does a kid from Bullhead City, Arizona end up getting from from there all the way through school and national tours and so tell us a little bit about your background well it's so funny because you know coming from bullhead it's mm -hmm. the arts aren't really very big here you know it's very much a sports oriented town you know very small thirty thousand something mm -hmm. people or so um and i grew up in a high school obviously where yeah. you know uh, the drama programs and choir programs we, we had great programs but mm -hmm. they just were, they never really seemed to take the spotlight like the sports so often did and so like early in high school i was like oh i'm gonna be a jock you know i'm gonna play this sport and that sport and i'm atrocious at all sports like it's a, i'm like a newborn cat it's it's horrible <laughs> to watch, i promise you but um you know, one day I was like singing to the radio and my buddy was like, you need to join choir with me. And I was like, absolutely not. And then my mother heard about it and she was like, absolutely, yes, you will be joining choir. So I did. And and then I sort of got wrapped up into like the theater program at the school and um, I just fell in love with it. And I found my niche and and I went to, yeah, I went to ASU. And mm -hmm. fortunately there were um, a couple of different professional theaters out there. And I, I worked a lot at Phoenix Theater Company yeah. um, while I was in school and sort of helped pay my way, you know, through things. And um, yeah, I sort of fell in love with it. I, I did Phantom in high school and I got to play the Phantom. I mean, and we built everything. We had like cardboard candelabras and you know, <laughs> like 
Oh, it's it fantastic. And um, I remember it was that weekend, we actually had a concert. We have a concert association that operates out of the high school. And they brought through um, this gentleman who played Phantom on Broadway in San Francisco for years. And he and I actually sang together because see what are the odds that we'd be doing it while he came through. And sure. I got to know him and he sort of sat me down and he was like, you need to consider doing this with your life. And um, I think that was when I really started to go, wow, you know, maybe I could, you know, and um, I, there's just been a very, very fortunate snowball of events that has led me to where I'm at now. Yeah, that that's absolutely fantastic. Your, your, your story is like, Glee, an episode from Glee, right? Like, well, I like, watched a lot of it, so maybe it was like a self-fulfilling. <laughs> it, it, I'll flip it to the the wannabe jock, right? That right. ends up in choir, you know. So we got to oh, amend the story. So, oh my gosh, yeah! But I was I was doing all the moves, you know, and yeah. These, oh, there's some atrocious videos of like the whole <laughs> choir, you know, doing their pencil turn the right way, and then there's me in the back going the other way. Oh, it's it's hilarious. Absolutely. So. So it sounds like, you know, from a relatively early age uh, in, in the grand scheme of things, uh, you had your, your sights set on performance and, and theater. And so uh, we'll, we'll kind of get to mentorship in a little bit because that, uh, thank you for sharing that, that really serendipitous story. Yeah. And when we think about pursuing a dream and it, it's not easy to be able to pursue a dream in the performing arts. And so talk to us a little bit about going to school and, you know, getting that business degree while still kind of keeping your passion alive for the arts. How, how, how did you end up kind of balancing those two uh, as you move forward with your passions? Sure. Um, a key word that comes to mind is caffeine. Um, <laughs> that was when I fell in love with it. And yeah. uh, now it's a pretty toxic relationship, but we're still very close. <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah, no, I, you know, I studied business because I think when I first got to school, you know, here I was, I had a passion for it, but coming from a very small town, it was hard to tell whether it was really going to be viable. And it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, I felt pretty confident in my ability here, but yeah. how is that going to feel when I get in the larger pool and then the larger pool and then New York City, you know? Um, so business seemed a safer route. And it's also, you know, something that I always was fascinated by marketing management, things like that. And um, so, yeah, it would sort of be like, I, it, it almost ended up feeling like school was my day job. So I would do my day job and I would, you know, go to class from eight to two or eight to three, uh -huh. what have you. And then I would pick up my books and I would just race as quickly as I could to get over to whichever theater I was working at at the time and mm -hmm. uh, get to rehearsal. And that's when I felt like my real day was starting, you know, my real life was starting and all my friends. And um, it's so funny. One thing that I, um, I look back on and I'm like, wow, that's really surprising is, is that I, uh, I never actually, I never really cultivated that many friendships at ASU. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't because I didn't like the people I was around. There were great people in my classes. I think it was just that I was so busy. There were mm -hmm. times where I was in two shows at once. I think at one point I was even working on like three, you know, at one time, which mm -hmm. I was so fortunate to get to do. And I had just fallen so in love with that community of people, you know, that it really was like, just get through class, take my notes, take my notes, take the test, take the test, you know, straight to, straight to rehearsal, straight to this audition, you know, yeah. Absolutely. Well, and, and so that that really speaks to to your drive and your passion and your relationship with caffeine. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when when you think back to those days, what, what are some of the things that really stand out for you on on those? I mean, I would assume somewhat exhausting days going from school to rehearsal and, and back again. 
what stands out for you? Um, I, I would say in, in small ways, um, I really learned how to manage my time. Uh, it doesn't sound like it would really matter, but thinking back, there are a lot of days where I had exams the next day and the only time that I had to look over my work was on like a five minute break during rehearsal or a 10 minute mm -hmm. break. And I think I, I loved that my life just, it was so full, you know, and it, and it still has been, but that was when my life really started to feel so full was when I was doing both of these things at the same time. And I, I would say the payoff of when I would step on stage and we would finish a rehearsal process and get in front of an audience for the first time. I mean, I remember the first couple of times I stepped into like a rehearsal room when I first started getting to work with um, Phoenix Theater Company, you know, mm -hmm. with that level and my jaw just dropping at the ability of all these people and what they could do and the sounds yeah. they could produce and stories yeah. they could tell. Um, so I, I think the impressions that it left on me are what, you know, what, what really stick with me, like um, that opening night feeling and, um, you know, conquering the fear of getting out there and doing it and getting over the stage fright and learning, you know, it was all the little things like what is, what's, uh, what's um, striking mean? What is, you know, what's a preset? How do I underdress a costume? How am I supposed to take this microphone? What's a mic belt? All these tiny things. It was the little moments that have really stuck with me, truth be told. That's, that's wonderful. That's, it, it, you know, there, there's so many people in life that, that have that passion that don't pursue it. And then there's other people that kind of fall into it, if you will. Uh, right. Like, like you kind of did initially, and then you yeah. took it from there and, and made a lot of work. And uh, as you're talking, you, you and I kind of have something in common because mm. as our viewer knows, as our viewers know, I'm a, I'm a dentist class, a mm -hmm. trained dentist who, became disabled and now I'm an educator and obviously a, a host here. My, other than three months of my life asking people if they want fries with that, uh, <laughs> all I've ever done is work within dentistry. I was a dental assistant mm. at the age of 17. Wow. And so, you know, doing both of those things and kind of moving forward to, to, to live out your passions and your desires, mm. I guess I didn't realize that is kind of something we have in common. And no, absolutely. Just living that dichotomy. It was like, you know, waking up, but getting two different lives in the same day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about that opportunity of, of running into uh, the gentleman from Phantom and, and really what an impact that had on you. Oh, it was so, I mean, it was so funny and just so out of, out of nowhere, you know, it yeah. wasn't even until so uh, this uh, concert association, they do this really lovely thing called like a, a student outreach program, which this was actually a great full circle moment for me mm -hmm. because it's an event in which uh, whoever performer they're bringing in and they bring them from all corners of the world, but they bring in a performer to perform that evening and, you know, the big auditorium, which is actually mm -hmm. really beautiful. Mm -hmm. And that morning they present to all the kids from all around my little town, all the schools come together and bring like 600 kids and they do a student outreach program, like a mini concert and a Q and A mm -hmm. and they'll interact with the kids um and anybody you know flash forward several years after i did my um once i started doing concerts after i did the album i actually was asked back to perform on the concert association season and i got to um do a student outreach with all of these kids on the stage where i was learning to fall in love with performing by watching the student outreaches oh, so that cool. was really cool um but you know back to when i was in high school he he came through and um you know, I remember the the people who were arranging it were like, oh my gosh, we need to, 
we need to tell him about this, that, you know, mm-hmm. that the high school is doing that. And then believe it or not, I got to meet him right before he went on and did his, his student outreach concert. And he said, well, why don't you come up with me? And why don't you, you know, why don't we, why don't we sing something? And I can, I can kind of show you how they showed me how to do it. And the song we did was music of the night. And That's so, amazing. oh man, I was terrified, Martin. I was terrified. <laughs> I, you know, I was in front of 600 kids, you know, obviously the kindest of audiences, most of them teenagers. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I, and I, got up there and you know he was instructing me on the intonation and the intent of music of the night and the best the way to navigate you know and negotiate those low notes versus the high notes and um he just in that one hour and here's what's funny is um he actually ended up keeping me up there as well as our um my buddy andy who played raul and then sydney who played christy you know it's so funny to think back on it's been so long um he kept us up there for actually most of the outreach hour, you know, um, just talking with us and, you know, sort of, you know, teaching the the audience by teaching us. And I'll, I'll never forget some of the things that he told me because that was my first time um, aside from my, my wonderful drama directors at the time, you know, receiving uh, any sort of, you know, instruction from someone who's actually gone on to, to work in the business. So that was really special. That's amazing. You know, we we as adults can never discount the the important impact that we can have on somebody just coming up. Oh, it's so true. And all it takes is a moment. You know yeah. what I mean? All it takes is a moment. And I can think of several that have stuck with me when I met idols or people I had heard of for so long. And just by happenstance, you come to meet them or, you know, I've gotten to sing in front of some of them. Mm-hmm. And the things that they say, I, it's like there's a little you know, it's etched into the back of my cranium, you know, it just, it stays with you. You actually just had that experience again recently, didn't you? I saw you posting on Instagram that you you were singing in in front of some pretty famous people. Oh, that's right. That was a fun night. Yeah, Yeah. I actually, so for everybody, so you guys can know, I'm in my um, childhood bedroom right now. So I'm currently (laughs) sitting in the chair that I played video games in (laughs) when I was 12 and 13. Um, because I was just in New York for about a week and a half. And then I, I came back to visit my parents for a few days before I start my next job. And um, where was I going with this? About singing in front of idols. Oh, and famous. thank people. you. Oh my gosh. I, I went down memory lane <laughs> and I got completely lost there. But um, yeah, no, so I'm sitting in my childhood home and um, it, it's, it's been very special. But when I was just in New York a week and a half ago, I got to sing. I sang at a couple of jazz clubs while I was there. And one of them was Birdland, which holds mm-hmm. a very special place in my heart. And um, I, you know, showed up for the rehearsal that day and met with the music director and the host of the show. And, and you know, they were like, well, what are you singing? And I was like, something's coming from West Side Story. And they were like, oh, my God. And I was like, oh, my God, what? And they were <laughs> like, do you know who's coming tonight? And I was like, no. They were like Cheetah Rivera, there and I, I just about passed out right there. Um, <laughs> you know, and her her daughter was there, and uh, there were some famous composers there, like um, the gentleman who composed Hairspray and mm-hmm. all kinds of other great mm-hmm. musicals. And um, it's probably the most nervous I've ever been in my entire life because the place was packed, and I had my manager on this side, and we were hanging out, and he was like, "Oh, you know, that guy produced Hades Town," and he's like, "Oh my gosh, that's the choreographer of Hamilton," or you know, he was like, "Oh, I want you to come meet this person. He he owns half of." Texas and all this stuff. And I was just like, oh, why are you doing this? It was like every person he named. I was like, oh God, oh God. Um, But no, it it just went so well. And, and she, she liked my, you know, the song so Mm -hmm. much, which was, I can't even express it in words, what that meant to me, that she gave me this little angel that she wears on her lapel. 
Um, wow. And she said, like, it's a little guardian angel that I, I, you know, and she said that she just has given out a few of them over the years to people who really touched her. And um, she had said very, very nice things about um, the song that night. So that was very cool about that song in particular. Well, that, well, having seen you in West Side Story, that doesn't surprise me. So <laughs> I think that's, oh, you're that's fantastic. That's fantastic. So <laughs> congratulations. Congratulations. I'm kind of, you know, we, we've been talking about following your dreams and following your passions. And we've been talking, you know, all about good stuff and, and going through school and all that and all those kind of things. But let, let's, let's talk a little bit about the pandemic. And when it hit, you were on a national tour and, you know, the whole world shuts down mm-hmm. and Broadway shuts down and things that I never thought would shut down in any lifetime, like Disney shuts down. Right. Right. And there's a little bit of a My profession gets shut down. Never happened right. before. Oh. Um, and, and I know you, you had posted a couple uh, videos here and there during the pandemic about surviving the, you know, going through the pandemic and so forth. Right. But, but talk to us as, as an artist, as, as a performer, as someone who, who, who forget about makes their living, but breathes performance. Talk to us a little bit about what, what that was like and, and how you navigated those times. Well, you know, it, it was really spooky when it first started because, you know, we on tour would, uh, we'd be together and sort of like see some articles and sort of eye each other like, yeah, we're not going to have to worry about this. You know, yeah. if, you know, you sort of hear about the threat of some other illness or disease every couple of years and it sort of just sends a chill down your back and then you hope it goes away and it does. Yeah. Um, but this one was spooky because we started hearing about, you know, venues canceling next week, the two weeks mm-hmm. after or whatnot. And that's when we all really started to sweat. And uh, it was just so bizarre because I remember everyone patting each other, you know, hugging and everything because we were, we had a performance that evening that obviously got canceled. And it was sad because they had loaded out the whole set. It was all ready to go and they canceled it. A couple hours later, we we got to the venue to do a sound check and they informed us, you know, the show is going to be canceled. We're sending you all home in the morning. So we all, you know, kind of celebrated that night, yeah. you know, and, and just sort of, um, celebration's a weird word. We celebrated each other, you know, because we didn't know how long it was going to be. And we all said three weeks, three weeks, three weeks and we're back. You know, um, obviously that didn't take and we all found out very quickly that it wasn't going to be the case. Um, I'll say early in the pandemic was actually kind of nice because it Mm -hmm. was nice to be back at home. You know, I was here in Mm -hmm. my childhood home. So I got to see my dogs and my parents and I got to be around my girlfriend a lot more, which was really fantastic. Um, And so it almost felt like a vacation, you know, and for those first few months, um, aside from the fear of imminent death, um, you know, it was great to start spending a little more time exploring some other things that I I enjoy doing, like writing or, um, you know, I started learning the piano and, and various other things like that. Um, But it was difficult, you know, and truth be told, I think it did for a lot of people, it it brought a lot of um, insecurities and stress. And, you know, it sort of took a lot of us to a darker place, Mm -hmm. because it was sort of like, well, what are we if not what we produce, you know, because um, so often artists, we all do this, but artists, I think, especially because what we present is, is judged at such a face value that we begin to feel that, you know, we are worth no more than what we can produce. So if we're not producing, what are we worth, you know, and um, I think a lot of us really went through it with that, but there were lots of Zoom calls and, and Zoom hangouts and, um, you know, connecting with family on a deeper level than I've been able to in a long time. So, I mean, there have been some really lovely silver linings, but it was difficult. And there were a lot of promises of, 
you know, oh, we're going to be doing these concerts sooner. You know, I'd get a call and they'd say, hey, you know, I heard it's not so bad out there. I've been talking to this theater. We're going to do a week of concerts or, you know, we're going to have you come into town and, and sing with this symphony for a couple of nights and blah, blah, blah. And just it was like every time something would come up, it would just be taken right back out of my hands, you know. And, yeah. um, and so that was really difficult. You know, it's hard to not talk about it without sounding extremely dramatic, but it was well, quite it was. a dramatic time. Yeah. You know, it really was. It was a terrible time. Um, and it was difficult. I'd like to think that I've come out of it a little stronger because mm -hmm. it's forced me to, you know, do some introspective work mm -hmm. and to dig a little deeper. And I think I have strengthened the bonds, my bonds with the people around me. Mm -hmm. um, but I am very happy that things are picking up momentum again. And, I, and I've been very fortunate because of the Phoenix Theater Company. You know, I've been here in Arizona and they were one of, I want to say 17 or 19 of the first union theaters yep. in the entire country to be yep. approved to begin performances. So um, unfortunately, you know, they were willing to pick me up and put me into some of those shows. So I've gotten to do two full runs yep. and I'm about to start a, a third one on Tuesday or rehearsals for a third one. Um, so I consider myself to be among the very few and very fortunate because while I think I struggled, my, my pandemic was much better than some people's, you yeah. know, and I, and that's something that I try to remind myself of constantly. It's how yeah. fortunate I have been. No, that's, uh... That's good to hear because there, there's a lot of folks that I interview and, and I myself very much believe in, in positivity and, and, and just happiness. And when I say happiness, not toxic positivity or toxic happiness, but true happiness. And right. we can't know that without the sadness and we can't know that without the dark places. So and, true. you know, I, I have to say, you know, my husband and I are big theater buffs. Mm -hmm. and Phoenix Theater season ticket holders. And I have to tell you, going there for the outdoor performances, um, seeing you actually in, in the Sinatra production, the tribute production, mm -hmm. was incredible. And it, you know, yeah. we're sitting there outside in lawn chairs with masks on. Right. And, and at least feeling like there was some semblance of normalcy right. coming back. And um, as an aside, by the way, the sound that they were able to create and the lighting. I felt like it was in a theater. Like what? That, that outdoor space. Well, first of all, they invested a fortune yeah. in that outdoor theater. I mean, the materials and resources that they were able to scrounge together like that yeah. was unbelievable. I remember I watched, um, did you see they had like a Judy Garland impersonator yes. come in? Yes. Oh, she was fantastic. She was yeah. like an Emmy, she's an Emmy winner. winner. Yeah. She's incredible. I, yeah, I was like you, I was blown away. And that I think was my first time watching any sort of real performance in like a year yeah. or close to a year. And so, um, yeah, that was really special. And also I think I'm in the minority uh, of performers with this, but I love performing outside. I think there's <laughs> something really, there's a, such a different energy about the openness of like being under the stars and looking at trees and whatnot, you know, and mm -hmm. um you know, to sort of not to say the theaters are stuffy, but there's just, you know, sure. there's something so different, different about that. Yeah, and it was different. interesting, you know, performing in that venue as well, because, um, you know, everyone was so separated that it sometimes it sort of felt like some of the energy sort of dissipated between mm -hmm. the seats, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I think it was also, they were just so far away from us that yeah. it was hard to try to connect and, and feel with them like you normally would in a more intimate indoor space. Sure. Um, but you could tell, and especially seeing people in the parking lot after from a distance, of course, how appreciative they were, oh, you know, and we realized very quickly that it's, it's not that they're not into it. It's just that we 
you know, they're, they're all spread out. We can't hear them that well. They're wearing masks, but it just meant so much to see how moved they were, oh, you know, just yeah. to be back around live music was incredible. Cause that's how we felt. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, from, from our perspective, it, it, it was probably one, no, it was, it was the first thing that we did that was somewhat back to normal and right. I'm drawing a blank now. When was that production? That was earlier that was, in the year. Yeah. I think we opened in like April. Yeah. Yeah. April and May, yeah. I think is when we, we did it. Cause we had some daytime matinee performances Woo! that were at like 95 degrees. <laughs> that was brutal. And I, and I'll just tell you, I, <laughs> it's probably TMI, but I'm quite a heavy sweater. Yeah. I perspire like it's nobody's business. And they layered me so much just to try to hide it because if not my shirt was a different color by the end oh of the show Lord. it just looked like a darker purple shirt <laughs> and finally we just kind of abandoned it because it was like well you're a lost cause and i was like it's all right they're all 50 feet away from me anyway exactly we were like there's nobody coming to this we're going to be performing for like 10 people it's like 95 mm -hmm. degrees out and the place would still be full oh you know yeah. i mean it was just crazy people just wanted so badly to, to get back to it absolutely and and how was that for you stepping back on stage the first time after the hiatus, the forced hiatus showed. Oh, it was nerve wracking. Truth yeah. be told, you know what's funny? I think it was actually more rehearsals that was mm -hmm. more difficult because there's a very specific um, muscle memory and training your brain to remember this sort of thing, this sort of thing, mm -hmm. to work this out. And you have to sort of compartmentalize like, okay, that didn't work, I'm gonna file that away. And they're, you know, they're just these sort of very business specific skills that mm -hmm. I don't realize, I don't think realize always, what? what's English? I don't think actors always realize they have, yeah. but without doing it for a year coming back, I was like, I we just did this five minutes ago and I don't remember any of it where I was like, well, I was going to ask a question, but what was it? Or I was like, Oh, that's not what I told my body to do. Yeah. And it was like dancing. It was like, I had to talk to each limb individually <laughs> to make them do what I wanted them to do. Cause you know, I'm, I'm not a very strong dancer to begin with, but after a year away from it, woo. Yeah. Woof. It was, <laughs> it was colorful in the rehearsal room a couple of times <laughs> to get me to move. <laughs> yeah. But, but you, but you, you did it and, you got through it. So, yeah. Yes, exactly. Well, and that's not to say we had a wonderful time, Yeah, you know, and we had a great group with that show. And like when I did Daddy Long Legs, that was a ton of fun too. And that one was indoor um, mm -hmm. and that was maskless, you know, for people who were vaccinated. So that was really special too, because mm -hmm. that was my first real normal return. Yeah. You know, it was no social distancing, you know, people were vaccinated and willing to come to the theater. They were able to have a normal theater experience. And that was, yes. oh boy, I wish that show had gone on longer. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So where, where are you headed next? Um, so I'm actually going to be doing Camelot at the Phoenix Theater Company. They Excellent. asked me to, to come back and do one more, which is great. I'm going to be playing Lancelot, Excellent. which is great. And I said, do I have to wear tights? And they said, no. And I said, thank God, because <laughs> nobody, nobody wants to see these skinny legs and tights. <laughs> I mean, Oh, you've seen chicken wings with more meat on them. Anyway, but um, I, yeah, I get to do that. And I'm really looking forward to that because I've got some really good friends. You know, my, my buddy Toby Yadso is playing Arthur and he's a mm -hmm. big favorite in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. He does so many shows. He's yeah. outrageously talented. And I have a, another really good friend, Katie Cook, who's playing Guinevere. And I don't know, <laughs> we're going to have a lot of fun, but we're going to have a hell of a time trying to focus because all three of us, we're, we're trouble when we get together, but it's going to be great. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and then after that, <coughs> excuse me, I'll I'll be um, going back to beautiful in October. So we rehearse in New York City for a couple of weeks, and then um, we open in Chicago, and uh, I think we go to like Kennedy Center and DC after that for a few weeks, and and then go from there. 
That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, congratulations on, on the forward movement. And so thank you. I'm kind of curious. It's one of my favorite coaching questions. You know, if, if you were to kind of project yourself into the future, what do you see? For me? Yeah. Hmm. You know, it's funny. I, I think a lot of people have probably been, you know, asking themselves this question lately because yeah. so much has been shaken up. You know, I don't yeah. know about you, but yeah. um, for me, there's been a lot of, a lot of, you know, what am I, where do I want to, how am I going to, mm-hmm. um, I would like to be, I would like to do a show in New York city. That would sure. be really great. Now that I've, I've done a couple of the tours, I would love to do one in the city. Um, and I've worked on a couple, you know, various little projects like that in the city, but no, you know, full runs, you know, no Broadway productions mm-hmm. yet. Um, so I'd love to do that. But I've also been writing a lot of lyrics and music mm-hmm. and um, starting to partner with friends that I've accumulated, you know, various parts of the country to mm-hmm. write some more more original music um, because I, you know, I loved doing that album a few years ago. Um, yes. And it's so bizarre to think that it was already over three years ago at this point that we did that, or was it longer? No, it was like, yeah, it was over three years ago that we did that. And I, I missed that so much, that experience of, of recording and releasing and hearing people enjoy the music and, and then mm-hmm. performing it live in concerts on tour and stuff that I would love to do that again, but with more of my own music, you know, sure. and my own story and my own lyrics. And um, so I'm not entirely sure. I would like to think after tour that I'll probably return to New York City mm-hmm. and lay down some roots there for a while and see what takes. But I think I'm, um, uh, my ambition lies in many different pies. You know, I'm like, <laughs> ooh, TV and film, that sounds great. And then I'm like, ooh, doing a show in New York, that sounds great. And I'm like, ooh, recording again, that sounds great. And then I, I also write um, like young adult fantasy novels. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I've really been able to hone that skill a little bit by learning from people who actually know what they're doing over the mm-hmm. pandemic, like on Zoom and whatnot, you know. Um, it's probably three or four nights a week, almost for six months or so, I would have these three hour meetings with other um, writers in Phoenix, most of them published, which, you know, was why I was like, why are you guys letting me be here? <laughs> but, um, you know, getting to work with them and learn from them and learn just how much I don't know about writing and, and start to hone that skill a little bit more. So I'd like to do something with that someday as well. Um, I think New York is probably closer, though. I think that's going to be right after. Where you're headed. Where you're headed. I, I'm, I'm fascinated by how this conversation has turned. And, you know, you're sitting there night after, you know, multiple nights of the week with these published authors. How, how did that happen? Like, how did you get connected with these people? You know, it's so funny. I um I was connected with with one lady, Stephanie, who who sort of took me under her wing, and it was mm-hmm. so funny because it, it came out of nowhere. It was just mm-hmm. I started. Um, I was trying to publish a book on my own, but learning very quickly how obviously like every other industry, there's so much to learn, you know, how the industry functions and just like performing, they're eerily similar, similar, Mm -hmm. actually, just the process of creating your product, whether it's your music, your singing, your acting, your book, presenting it, you know, Mm -hmm. your marketability, all sorts of things. It was eerily similar. So you think I would have been more prepared, (laughs) but um, started the process, started reaching out to some friends and saying like, hey, do you have any writer friends or you know, because I have some friends who are agents or managers and, you know, do you represent any writers? Do you know folks? And I ended up getting introduced with this with this lovely lady, Stephanie, who's a mm-hmm. published author. And, and there's a whole community.
community of published authors in Phoenix, and they have various social media pages, um, you know, closed pages, uh, mm -hmm. groups that they have with one another to sort of communicate like, hey, this is what's going on at Barnes and Noble this week. I need someone to come and sign autographs. Um, this agent's looking for new people. My agent wants new people. This publisher just blah, blah, blah. Like also, you know, just keeping each other in the loop. And um, she basically presented me um, to some of the people in the group and said, this is what he writes. This is some of his stuff. And they let me in, which That's was like amazing. the coolest thing. Yeah. And, and then I started joining these Zoom meetings and I started people be like, oh, well, you should come to our meeting. We do it on Wednesday nights. And, and then, you know, people be like, oh, well, we do ours on Sundays. And so after a while, I was going to like four every week. And it was, um, you know, it was fantastic. That's incredible. You know, I, hmm? I have on my desk a little rock that has a word on it. It's the magic three letter word, which is ask. Oh, And mm. so I think that is so fantastic and something that so many people can learn from regardless yeah. of what they do for a living, what they do for passions or what they mm -hmm. want to do for a living or want to do for passions. Right. You, you just can't be afraid to ask the question. It's I true. mean, think about it. That's why we're sitting here because right. I literally just asked you, I said, hey, right. this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. I've seen your performance. I've read a little bit of your background. I'd love to interview you. And here we are, right? Right, right. And so it's such a wonderful life lesson because the worst anybody can ever say is no. Is so no. Yeah. you're going to be in the same place. If that's the answer. So why not <laughs> that's ask a good the point. question? Why not right. ask what do you have question? to lose? Yeah. Uh, well, and it's so funny because, uh, yes, and I, and I actually would say that that would be one of the things because you know people always ask in interviews like well what would you say to people or you know yeah. what advice would you give and it's always like i wish someone had told me sooner just go ask because yeah. honestly most of the time people are good and kind and if yeah. it's not something that's too much to ask for they're willing to do it yeah you know especially if you approach with a smile and you're nice enough to them yeah. and they can see that it's something that you care about yes. you know people like to help people yeah you know and um and that's why you know yeah it, it's it's been amazing and, and to go through every door you know I, I mean i know so many performers who um have who are so talented but are frustrated with the progress they've made or the lack of progress they've made. And it'll be like, well, but why didn't you go take that show in, you know, this city or that city? And they're like, well, it's, it's away from the city and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, but I mean, it's, why not? Like, what's it going to hurt? You'd still meet people, you'd still network. And, you know, yeah. So it's, it's just the power of, of getting out there and asking and going through each door because the worst that can happen is the door closes. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I love that. The worst thing that can happen is the door closes. Well, it was never open to begin with either. Right. right exactly. <laughs> worst is that it's locked pretty much. Yeah. yeah that's true. That's true. Right. With like three padlocks, but yes. Right. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I, you know, I've, I've had such a fun time chatting with you and um, you know, I, I, I always do like to kind of end on, kind of a note I'm going to ask you some I'm going to ask this differently this time mm -hmm. which is not not um, necessarily what advice would you give to somebody coming up but what would you like to say as we conclude this interview what would I like to say hmm what would I like to say it's been it's been a very tough year, you know, it's, it's been, it's been very difficult, but I mean, the thing that's gotten me through the year has been people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so 
under whatever capacity or or any circumstance it's just been getting to connect with people whenever i can mm-hmm. you know so i just i love that you do this show and we mm-hmm. spoke about this briefly before we started you yeah. know the recording but i love that you do this show and that you connect with such a wide variety of people so mm-hmm. many shows are just about one very specific niche one yep. industry or whatnot but your show is about people yeah. and that's what i think is so cool because it's not about people who only do this or this kind right. of person or whatnot it's just about people and how you know and i'm so pleased to be in a lineup with such extraordinary people such as the ones you've had yeah. and so I don't know. I, I think I would just want to say that I'm I'm really grateful to be here and I'm very excited to get to watch you know your your season mm-hmm. and and the rest of the episodes that you release because the world needs more shows that are just about celebrating people. Absolutely. No, I, I think that's that's really profound. I think if uh, everybody ended up keeping that in mind and mm-hmm. trying to help out their fellow man and woman, that uh, we'd we'd be in a different place. So I, I think those are mm-hmm. Those are those are really profound words. So thank and that you. place is coming. I think we're getting closer to that. Place yeah, we're we're, we're the getting there. I, I think. You know, go ahead. Oh no, I you know please please continue. No, it's just you know as as we all traverse this as a as a global society, it's it's those challenging times that typically bring people together. So uh, we've certainly had a hell of a lot of challenge and. Mm-hmm. Uh, haven't navigated it so well at times, but uh, right. at the end of the day, like you, I still choose to believe in the goodness of others and, and hopefully we'll come out of this better than we were before. So. Absolutely. And, and as divisive as it's been, it, it has brought so many people so much closer. Mm-hmm. I'm so much, I, I'm so thankful for this time that I've gotten to have with my family that I probably wouldn't have had yeah. otherwise, you know, yes. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's yes. just been incredible and, and learning lessons like, you know, as an artist, you know, your purpose in life is not merely to produce and to work as hard as you can and to be the best, you know, at this or at this, it's just to be the best version of yourself. And if that means prioritizing having fun and connecting with people rather than sitting at your piano for five hours and writing for eight hours afterward, there's more to life than that, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, James, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so very much. I yeah, really thank appreciate you. it. And uh, we'll go ahead and we'll put you know, your socials and your website below. Oh, in, that'd be in the great. Comments. And hey, everybody, if you've enjoyed this interview, please don't forget to subscribe and click notifications so you don't miss out on any of our interviews, book reviews, or heart to hearts. And remember, life speaks to you. And if you think it doesn't, you're not listening. Thanks, James. Take care, everybody. That's great. Bye-bye. Thank you, Martin. Thanks so Bye-bye. much. Take care.